Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh boy, we got a great hour for you. Final hour of the show tonight. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll. Should Anthony Davis suit up again this season for the Pelicans? Simple yes or no. You can cast your vote at www.com or the radio.com app. We've got Dan Feldman of NBC's Pro Basketball Talk. Bottom of the hour, Sports Libs and Drew Brees, QB to QB. We'll hear from Drew and Bobby at 1020. But I want to get some more of your calls to start off the hour here. We'll start it off with Tony in Australia. Tony, I'm, I'm sorry we're not going to get a call from you on our first take program, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, I guess them's them's the breaks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, g'day, Seth, and to all the other members of the Hootat Nation, and I'm just let everyone know, I, for one, will not watch one down or play of the Super Bowl. Instead, when I get up, I'll turn on the highlights of Super Bowl 44. There you go. Watch that. And then I've got uh, recorded Saints, Falcons, Giants, um, 40, um, not 49, the uh, Redskins, um, Panthers. So I'll be watching... All our victories, all, all, the, all the classic Saints games. There, we're going to be doing. Yeah, this games this season. Yeah. Where we're and and the Redskins game where Drew broke the record. So rather than watch the fake treat Super Bowl, uh, I've got no interest in it. There you go. So you're joining all of Houdat Nation here, who's involved in boycott bowl, Tony. Yeah, yeah, and I also the group I started here, the, the New Orleans seat. New Orleans Saints um, fans down under, I put a post on there that I hope I hope and wish everyone does the same thing as what I'm doing and just boycott it. Yeah, there you go. Well, we'll see you up here next year, I know, right, Tony? You're still coming up? Yeah, yeah, but I have to wait until April till the draw comes out to work out when and where, but I'll let you know. Okay, please do and let us know. It's, it's been great talking to you and Steve all throughout the year and the other guys and... Uh, I, it's just a shame I can't listen to you. But, uh, I know. I know, Tony. It's just yeah, a bummer on but, so many uh, levels. It really is. I'm a that through and through, and I think everyone knows that. Oh, we know that, Tony. Well, don't be a stranger, okay? Uh, you can still listen, but um, let us know when you when you decide what days you're going to come up once you see the schedule come out, all right? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. All right. On, all right, it's Tony. All uh, Tony in Australia, leader of the Houdat Army down under. Thanks for listening there. Uh, Bobby in Slidell. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, Seth, how are you? I am good. I want to talk about AD and Goodell. Sure. Uh, first, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk, I'm going to touch on the ass clown Goodell. Um, does he think everyone down here is that dumb? Uh, in regards, uh, give, give me examples here. I need any more specifics than that. Well, as far as he talked to the players. 
Okay, now I'm going to just – did you hear what Bobby Bear said? Because I opened my show, I completely agree with Bobby. I think that was a lot made of really nothing here. If you look at what he said, I actually thought at the time that he meant that he had talked to Shane. He started off that whole answer to the reporter's question by saying he understands the player's frustrations. Then he said, I talked to Sean Payton. And then he goes, and I guess you can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just, I'm just with Bobby Abia here and thinking he said the players, the team, I understand their frustration. So why did Zach call him out? Because Zach took um, what Goodell said and thought that Goodell said he talked to the players, and I could certainly see why you think that. I could certainly see why Zach thinks that. Zach has his own opinion on it. I've got my own. Bobby has my own. Bobby and I are Bobby Abear and I are pretty much in the uh, same boat here. Again, my I, I feel like I, I I shouldn't have to say this anymore. If you've listened to my show over the last two weeks, you know how upset I am over that call. I I am as upset as, as anybody who did not play for that team, <laughs> and maybe. Maybe as upset as some people who did play for that team. I'm upset. It's it's a sham. It's a farce. The Saints should be playing in that game. But and Goodell, look, he hasn't been the model commissioner. But I think that was just, in my personal view, a lot made of nothing there. All right, we got to take a break here only because we're up against the clock and we got to play Drew Brees QB to QB coming back. Uh, Drew Brees with Bobby Abair sat down yesterday. We'll replay that for you. Drew talks about the no call and and what his plans are for the summer and, and tells who that nation what he thinks they should do this summer. Coming up next year on the last lap. All right, we got to get right to Drew Brees QB to QB. Here's what he had to say talking to Bobby Abair yesterday. Lots of texts coming in on Drew Brees' conversation. Also, Roger Goodell's comments at the podium yesterday. Keep those texts coming. We'll get to them in the second half of this hour also sports libs coming up in about 15 minutes or so but back to the anthony davis trade rumors as those heat up probably something we'll be talking about until july i would think i don't think like i've been saying that a deal is going to get done before the trade deadline next thursday but i guess we will see and as promised on into the program comes dan feldman of nbc's pro basketball talk uh, one of the really the best pro basketball writers nba writers uh, out there I, I read his work every day dan welcome back to the program man how you doing good how are you i'm look i'm great hey i i retweeted you earlier this week so i want to ask you right off the top here i said man i love dan uh one of my favorite uh writers out there but i disagree with your take on the tampering rule you said uh no big deal that um rich paul and anthony davis made some comments here so i just wanted to uh give you a chance here to kind of explain to everybody your take on it Sure. Well, first, thanks for all these these kind words. Anthony Davis wants to leave the Pelicans. He doesn't plan to resign. Those are facts. That's the situation. Uh, once that becomes true, I don't have a problem with him sharing that publicly. I think fans, people in, in invested in the Pelicans, people who buy tickets, uh, they should know how their star player feels about the team. I, I don't think it's good inherently good to keep that a secret now i wouldn't have a problem if anthony davis wanted to keep that private keep that to himself that'd be fine too but i just see it as his choice and what particularly gets me is that if rich paul had gone to a reporter and said hey can i give you something can i tell you something but you can only cite me as an anonymous source 
and then said the same thing, that Anthony Davis wants to be traded, that he won't sign a contract extension, there would have been no fine. There would have been no problem. But because he put his name on it, because he owned up to it, then the league has a problem. I, I just That's what I particularly dislike, is that when, when somebody is open and transparent and honest about how they truly feel, that's when the league steps in. If they go through back channels and hide it and say it through anonymous sources, even though it's still true, then the league gives them a pass. So what about Rich Paul and the report saying that he's going around to the front offices elsewhere across the league and saying, well, Anthony Davis isn't going to sign long-term with your team, so don't trade for him? You know, again, I think it's the same idea of that's how Anthony Davis feels, and it's worth sharing. That it's better for those teams to know. Anthony Davis probably wants to get to the Lakers. I think that goes all the way back to why he hired Rich Paul. I, I don't think he was dead set on leaving New Orleans at that point, but he's smart enough to know that Rich Paul has this Lakers connection, that that's going to be part of the appeal of having Rich Paul as your agent. And if you want to make that happen, I think it's worth telling teams that, no, I would have a huge problem if Anthony Davis refused to play for the Pelicans or refused to play for a team that traded for him. By all indications, that's not the case. He's just saying, when I become a free agent, I'm going to leave. Uh, he might play very well for those teams. He probably would uh, play very well for those teams in the interim, and it's up to those teams to decide whether they value having Anthony Davis for the next year and a half, whether they think they can change his mind. Uh, but they should know what they're getting into, and I think it's fine to have that open and honest communication beforehand. So we may disagree a little bit on uh, the tampering rule and how it's enforced. I, I think, and I would assume we agree, that the, the NBA is strongest when it works in 30 markets here. So how how would the league then, let's say there's no tampering rules and you just get rid of them if they're draconian, uh, maybe you're right here like you say, how do they protect the 28 market or 22 markets that aren't in you know, L.A., Chicago, New York? and make things equitable so the league actually works. Well, maybe we need to protect the markets in Los Angeles and New York. I, I just don't see this as a huge problem. The Knicks have been bad for quite a while uh, until just recently. The Lakers have been bad for quite a while. The Bulls are in a downtrodden stretch in the third biggest market. I, I don't think market size guarantees you anything. It does give you more leeway, no question. If you're willing to spend more, you do have more margin for error. A team like the Pelicans that, that basically never goes over the luxury tax does have less margin for error. And to me, that's just part of it. If you're not willing to spend, those are the consequences. I don't have a huge problem with it. I don't think all 30 markets need to be on an equal footing. I agree with you that there needs to be some competitiveness across it. And the number one thing the league does is the draft. Uh, if you are a bad team, you have high, You have a better chance of getting a high draft pick. The Pelicans got the number one pick in the exact right year when there was a superstar player available. They got Anthony Davis. That gave them a window. I think that was a tremendous opportunity. Uh, there were some great moments. That, that sweep of the Trailblazers was fantastic. Uh, there were definitely some good moments. But overall, the Pelicans failed to build a consistent win around Anthony Davis. I think that's ultimately on them. I think they were protected by the league and still couldn't get it done. Yep, well, I agree with you there. It's been a disaster here. And Del Demps, that he still has his job today, I think is just absurd nonsense. Uh, talking to Dan Feldman of uh, NBC's Pro Basketball Talk. And um, I, I guess it, it's just become to the point here when you have guys under contract – 
now every year multiple guys saying they don't want to play in city x y or z and they want to go usually it's to los angeles or miami or whatever the team is the losers in this again are the 22 other markets i mean my goodness you have lonzo ball who's the second year player apparently he's coming out and say well if i get traded to uh, new orleans i'm not going to play like this is the point we're at. I understand. I mean, we're I'm in a, a, an industry where I can't go. And I'm under contract and go to a competitor's. So I'm under contract that's written in. I can't go to a competitor right now. It's not just the NBA players that are on this. This happens in a lot of industries. So I just don't. I, where's the line here? How how do we get to a point where if you're under contract, you've got to play for the city that you're in. You can't just basically hold out and um, force your way to whatever city you're in or you want to play in. So. So with Lonzo Ball, uh, maybe maybe there's been more that you've seen that I haven't, but I believe what I've seen so far is not that he says he refuses to play. He's just trying to make a little noise and put out word that New Orleans is not where he wants to go. But if the Pelicans trade for him, he's going to show up and he's going to play because he has no choice. Like you said, he's a second-year player. He's got a couple years left on his rookie skill contract. Then he's going to be a restricted free agent. He is not in a position to really do anything. He doesn't have the leverage. He can make noise. But I really think ultimately he would show up and play and play hard and and just deal with it. It might not be ideal to him, but I do think he would show up and play and deal with it. Uh, So I I don't know if that line needs to change. I don't really think there are examples of players refusing to play. What I think sometimes you see on the flip side, uh, which is part of the reason I'm particularly pro-player on issues like this, Anthony Davis has put out word that if not traded, he wants to play for the Pelicans again before the All-Star break. He wants to to play in the All-Star game. Uh, and I'd assume if he wants to play for the Pelicans before the All-Star break, he's also wants to, he also wants to play for them after the All-Star break. Uh, reportedly, the Pelicans are considering shutting him down for the rest of the season uh, to protect their asset so that maybe they can make a trade with the Celtics or whomever else in the offseason, and so they can tank and get a higher pick. There's some logic to that. But that's not really fair to Anthony Davis, who's in his prime and wants to play. I think more often than you have players not playing, getting to that extreme, you have teams shutting down veteran players who are good enough, who are ready to play uh, because they're tanking. Is there another example of this in a, in a guy who forced uh, forces his way out, which is essentially what Anthony Davis is doing, where um, – I guess the team does. I mean, I'm just, I guess, thinking of the Kawhi Leonard situation last year, and that was certainly a lot uglier, at least right now, than the one here is. I guess I just never thought of this as a problem with the Pelicans. I mean, if Anthony Davis says he doesn't want to play for your franchise anymore, I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But don't the Pelicans have a right here to say, okay, you're not going to play? Or you're not going to play. Yeah, so I, I do think Anthony Davis's trade request complicates this one, absolutely. And, and it, it gives the Pelicans more leeway in my mind. But as far as I know, he did not say, like, I refuse to play for the Pelicans. He told them the truth, which was, I do not plan to resign here, and I would prefer to be traded now. Just because you prefer to be traded doesn't mean you're not going to show up to work, not give it your all while you're there. Uh, you know, maybe you, I know I have, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, at different points had jobs that they prefer not to be in. They prefer to be in a different job. That doesn't mean they don't work hard at the job they're in in the meantime. And I've seen no indication that Anthony Davis would would lollygag and sulk the rest of the season if that's what it came to. It seems more likely that it's from the Pelicans' end that wants to shut him down. I mean, the biggest example of this, and this was not complicated by the player making a trade request, 
but the Suns shut down a few years ago Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. late in the season. Uh, they were tanking. They wanted a higher draft pick, but he was ready to play. He was a, a player entering the prime of his career playing well. He wanted to go, and they just didn't want him to play. That's how players get treated more often than I think players actually refuse to to render services to teams. Now, I'm usually, and, and I still am pro player on this. I've said on this show all week long, if Anthony Davis thinks that you know he wants to go play for a winner somewhere else, that's his prerogative here. He's given six and a half years to this franchise. Uh, you go play, and you... Uh, uh, progress in your career the way you want to progress. I don't have a problem with that. So now the Pelicans are going to try and, to find a suitor and the best possible deal for Anthony Davis. The thing that is, if I find a little bit laughable here is the Lakers' stance on this. And this is LeBron and, and Rich Paul and Magic Johnson pulling all the strings behind the scenes to try to make it seem like, well, you know, it's the Lakers are bust here. The Lakers are – they're trying to act like the Lakers can provide the best package of players and picks, which I find a little laughable here considering this summer you're going to have the Celtics enter and all of a sudden the price is going to get driven up so uh, is it just me Dan or should the Pelicans their smartest decision be to wait till the summer till the Knicks and the Celtics and everybody else gets involved you know I'm not sure I'm not sure what each of those teams are offering I, I get the idea of waiting for Boston the Celtics can theoretically put together the best offer they have the best assets and if they push all of them in I don't think there's another team that can catch them. But I don't know if the Celtics are willing to push everything in. There's a risk in waiting for them. What if what if Jason Tatum has an awesome postseason to the point where they're hesitant to trade him for Anthony Davis, uh, especially if Anthony Davis sticks with this stance that he wants to go to the Lakers? I think Boston would try and trade for Anthony Davis, hope for the best to resign him. But if there is that risk he could leave, if that risk seems significant, the Celtics might not put in their very top assets. But everybody knows that Boston offer, whatever it is, it's going to be good. Whatever it is, it's hanging out there. And that's influencing offers at the deadline. The Lakers know that they have to beat this theoretical Boston offer right now. And maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I mean, I do like the Boston players more. But if the Lakers push everything in, if they put in – you know, Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart and multiple future first round picks and Brandon Ingram and every piece. That's probably a better offer than waiting for the Celtics. Now, I don't know if the Lakers are willing to push all that in, but I'd be talking to them, listening, and trying to assess that. Yeah, it's a good point there. I just wonder here. The, the clock is obviously ticking uh, on LeBron James's career. Uh, he, uh, assuming he comes back healthy, he's still almost the player he has been his entire career. But, look, he's going to be 35 next season, 36 the season, when Anthony Davis, after he becomes a free agent, could sign in Los Angeles. So is there a little desperation from L.A.'s side to make sure this deal gets done this season while the window's still open here to possibly win titles? There absolutely should be. And that's where this gets really interesting to me. So if if the Celtics are trying to get the Pelicans to wait and the Celtics say, yeah, we'll put in Jason Tatum, we'll, we'll trade you Jason Tatum. And the, Celtics, and the Pelicans say, okay, sure, we'll wait for Jason Tatum. We think it's worth it. Uh, and the Celtics only do that because they need to beat the Lakers offer right now. Well, after the season, the Lakers could easily say, well, look, we want Anthony Davis for the 2019 playoffs. We missed out on that. He's not as valuable to us. We're lowering our offer. And then what if the Celtics say, well, shoot, the Lakers are lowering their offer. We don't even need to put in Jason Tatum uh, because the Lakers offer is not as competitive. Uh, so we'll offer you something based on Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and some 
draft picks, it'll still be nice. And, you know, those offers can drop. The Lakers' urgency is part of what's driving this. Everybody's focused on this potential Celtics offer, and that's a big piece. But the Lakers' urgency to have Anthony Davis for the 2019 playoffs, I think, is also a major driver in what New Orleans can get. Well, it's an incredible soap opera, and it is one that we'll be watch play out, I think, in, until this summer. And I guess we'll see what happens here. Dan, always appreciate the insight, man. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Dan Feldman of NBC's Pro Basketball Talk. You can find uh, his work there. And, yes, the Anthony Davis saga just getting started here. We're only, what, six days into it, five, six days into it. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's Sports Libs right here on WWL. Text from the 504, why in the bleep would we want to trade for Lonzo Ball? Well, he's a pretty good young player. The baggage that he brings, I don't know if it's worth it either. That's one of the reasons why I don't think that the Lakers, because I don't include Lonzo Ball and his dad, LeVar, and everything that brings down here as a really enticing prospect to get back in return for Anthony Davis. I just don't. I just don't. All right, let's bring on in Logan Falgo. Logan, come on in here. We got uh, sports libs every night. How's it going, man? I'm I'm good. Um, Every night we do this on the show. Sports libs like Mad Libs. Got a handful of statements. Got to fill in the blank. And we play along here. You can play along on the text line at 870-870. We'll read some of the best responses if you want to play here. Fire up that music, Logan. And what you got tonight? All right. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I guess this goes to my guess for the ratings. So I'm going to frame it around what's the rating going to be here in New Orleans. I'm going to give it a share, and usually it's by share. I'm going to I'm going to say we're gonna, we'll see a local rating of 25 percent and about a 40 share. So 25 percent and 40 share, which would be about half of what you'd see normally for a Super Bowl uh, here in New Orleans. So I think that the the non call the boycott bowl is going to have effect on ratings i'm really intrigued so that i'll say somewhere between a 25 and 30 rating here in new orleans and i hope that's where we're at maybe i'm wrong maybe everybody's still going to watch and it'll be up at 50 60 we'll see how about the no call because they are going to play that on repeat leading up to the game you will see that before the game 10 times you will see that during the game probably a handful of times it'll be talked about it'll be referenced it'll go from different angles we'll see uh, Nikel Roby Coleman and his comments we'll see Sean Payne we're gonna see all this so that's still everybody's gonna be talking about that leading up to and during the game it just is it's it's the dark specter that has overshadowed this game and that's really unfortunate because even if the saints weren't playing in this game if that game against the rams hadn't ended the way it did yes we'd be disappointed yes we'd be unhappy but we wouldn't feel like the saints were basically cheated out of a chance to win a super bowl i think they Saying they would have beat New England like as a blanket statement's tough, but they would have been favored. Remember, Ralph said they would have been about a point and a half, two point favorites in the sports books to the Patriots. So I think they would have been a favorite. I think they were better at nearly every position, 
except maybe um, on the uh, in the defensive secondary with the way their cornerbacks are playing. But I would have liked their chances. They would have been a favorite. I would have liked their chances to win a Super Bowl here. So I would say if I'm having to pick here either side, I would have said they would have beat New England. But, I mean, them's the breaks again. Yeah, it's just I'm not one of those people who's going to say it's not going to affect it at all. It's just different than the Marcus Williams miracle in Minneapolis situation. This is something that the players are going to have to talk about all offseason long. A lot of them want to talk about it. A lot of them have taken to social media to talk about it, and they're not moving on. Remember, it was almost instantaneously that they moved on from the Minneapolis miracle or meltdown last year. They were saying we're moving on next year. We've got this window next year. We're all in to win a Super Bowl. They're still going to be all in to win a Super Bowl. Drew Brees has indicated that he'll be back, which he should with how he played this year, but they don't have a first round pick, third round pick. Their draft picks are limited. They have some salary cap space, not a ton, but they have enough to bring in some players and address some needs at tight end and receiver and maybe uh, the cornerback spot. But are they going to be better than they were last year? It's just hard for me to believe with what I see that they're going to be a better team than they were last year. I, I just I mean, maybe it'll happen, but you've got aging pieces at certain places. I think Cam Jordan is he's in the prime, but he's probably in the tail end of his prime. Drew Brees didn't play the same way he was in the second half of the season. You're not going to bring in a star in the draft right away. So this was your best shot. Is it your only shot? No. So are they going to move past it? I hope. But I, I still think it's going to be tough for a lot of those players in that locker room and a lot of the coaches who are part of that to completely move past the no call. I just think it's going to be, again, the specter that lingers over the Saints season next year. Actual regular season football. The first time New Orleans steps onto a field in week one, preseason we'll still be talking about a week one. If the Saints go and win a football game week one, a lot of people will be talking about that and that season rather than the no call. But I think we'll be talking about it until the first week of September. I do. All right, that's Sports Libs. Thanks, Logan, for that. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we've got a great moment as end to end the show. Alvin Gentry of the Pelicans. He lets the media have it, and I love it. Coming back with that here, I'm Seth Dunlap. Wrapping up the last lap on WWL. A final look at our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. Should Anthony Davis suit up again for the Pelicans? Boy, this was close. In fact, it was tied. I don't think we've ever had a poll tied at the end of a show. 50% say yes, 50% say no. Uh, emblematic of the split right now in the city's basketball fan base. Thanks for listening to our show tonight. I had a great one. Lots of guests. Thanks to Steve Court, Tyler Nunez, Bobby Marks, Stan Feldman, Drew Brees, all on the show tonight. Thanks to Logan Falgu at Master Control. Diane Newman, our program director. Tom Manessis, our day producer today, and assistant program director, Helen Santani, for helping out. And all of you for listening. Best radio audience in the city and the state. I love you all. And remember, if you miss any of the show, you can get – the Last Lap via podcast, www.com, the radio.com app, or like I do, I listen to the show uh, sometime again, uh, Apple Podcast. Back tomorrow, same time, same place, two and a half hours here on The Last Lap, starting at 8 o'clock Central. We're handing it off now to Beyond Reality Radio. I'm Seth Dunlap, and as always, I leave you with our moment of zen. Here is 
Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry responding to reports that the Pelicans front office and ownership don't care about the team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.